Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 74 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, we have an epic, and I mean absolutely epic tale of sobriety and recovery. I'm talking living on Skid Row in downtown LA to live in the life in Malibu and running a multi-million dollar company called, oh, you know, you might have heard of it, Sun Life Organics. Yes, it's like the hottest, most popular juice bar and health and wellness bar in LA and now across the world. Well, Khalil Rafati is here to tell us all about his journey all about how he ended up on Skid Row, and he even wrote a book about it called I Forgot to Die. How fantastic is that title? We also dive into his love and appreciation for women. Now, this is epic. I had to even record a section and put it on my phone. Whenever I'm feeling down, I listen to this recording and to his words because It is so good, and it is so nice to hear another man and another perspective of, you know, just how women rule the world. (laughs) So without further ado, let's get into it. Guess what? Hangovers still suck. Was January a trial month for you? Because if you're anything like me, I need at least a month to settle into a new year, let alone a new decade. Well, Booze Free February is here, and our 30-day to gain challenge will help you tackle all of that. The challenge will have you filling out two worksheets a day. You will find interesting things about yourself, maybe some things you never even knew. We will get daily emails that are motivational, inspirational, and educational to walk you through the process and what is actually happening with your body, how much money you're saving, and fun facts about what your body is doing. Give yourself some space. Give yourself a break from alcohol. Try the 30 Days to Gain Challenge now. Sign up at a sobergirlsguide.com to join the challenge today. Khalil, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I am so excited to talk to you. 
So the first time I met you, the first and only time, was at Unplugged in West Hollywood for your book release, I Forgot to Die. Yes. <laughs> so it's an amazing story, but I was wondering if you could kind of bridge the gap for everyone listening, how you went from living on basically Skid Row, right? Downtown LA to yeah. this amazing, being an um, entrepreneur to the max, having an amazing uh, smoothie bar and yoga studio. How does that even happen? Yeah. I mean, that, that seems to be the, uh, that seems to be sort of the the sensational tagline of any article that has been written and there's been a bunch mm -hmm. and it's crazy and every time i read one i i have to pinch myself um you know some of them are a bit more extreme some of them go right to the point like from homeless junkie to multimillionaire <laughs> um which i get they're, right. they're trying to they're trying to sell ad space and um and then some of them are are really really beautiful the new york times did a really um did a beautiful article on me a few years ago called Proof of Life, which I loved. Mm. I love that title, Proof of Life. I love that title. Yeah. And, um, and you know, playing off the title of my book, I Forgot to Die, yeah. which I thought, mm -hmm. I thought was genius. Um, and by the way, the dude that wrote that is also, I found out, the same guy that wrote Up in the Air. Did you see that movie, Up in the Air? I didn't, but oh, wow. One of my favorite movies ever because I'm so good at at knowing what's going to happen in a movie and I kind of pride mm -hmm. myself on that and I always when I'm with my girlfriend I'll like lean over and whisper into her ear when we're at a movie theater like this is what's going to happen and I, I'm I'm typically right that yeah. movie's ending <laughs> knocked the shit out of me <laughs> because there's no way you could have and for anybody listening who's seen the movie especially if you're a woman you're you're laughing yeah. out loud right now because uh, there's nothing that could have prepared me for the ending of that movie, and it, it's a you know it's it's an amazing movie. George Clooney's in it. Um, yeah, I can't remember who the actress was that's in it, but it's it really really sucks you in. And the dude that wrote the article on me wrote the book al along with a bunch of other stuff. The guy's a genius. Um, wow. Yeah. So super flattered. But anyway, back to your question. So yeah, I mean it, it's it's uh it's been June eighteenth. 2003 was when I finally threw in the towel and joined the wow. world team, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll be 17 <laughs> years, which I can't even believe. And, and, and honestly, to me, the fact that I don't have to get up uh, or crawl out from, you know, some decrepit hellhole and go and, and panhandle in front of 7-Eleven or Chevron um, mm. and, and get money so I can quote unquote, get well. You know, to not wake up dope sick and to not wake up in jail and to not wake up in yet another hospital bed to me is the real miracle. Because at the end of the day, making money or becoming successful, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Getting mm -hmm. clean and sober and staying clean and sober and, and for, a, you know, for a sustained period of time. I mean, fuck man, getting clean and sober for 30 days is a monumental yes. task monumental Huge. i remember i remember when i was haunting the rooms because i had nowhere else to go a different 12-step meetings but 12-step meetings mm -hmm. nonetheless i remember you know getting so excited to take my 30-day or my 60-day or my 90-day chip i don't know if you guys do that up in canada but down here they yeah. give you like a little congratulatory chip and um 
I remember watching the numbers drop off slowly but surely as you approach six months and then as you approach mm. nine months and then as you approach the birthday thing, like you start out with a couple hundred people and by time it's your time to take your one year cake, there's like two of you or three of you. Yeah. So getting getting clean and sober is 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 that that's the miracle. Um and right. I'm not trying to belittle all of the the success and the and the obvious I, I used to say grace of God, but now the level of success is to the point where the only way that I could ever become this successful would be because God has a sense of humor. Um, I'm quite convinced of that. I'm quite convinced that God is, <laughs> God is a woman and God has an incredible sense of humor. That she's, <laughs> she's going to take this broken little boy trapped in this old man's body, you know, with every, everything going against him, high school dropout. Convicted mm. felon, can't spell, can't type. I mean, you know from personal experience just in the last five minutes, I couldn't even turn on my fucking phone or computer and figure <laughs> out how to do <laughs> a, a whatever this is, a, a podcast. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for God to take me and, and strike me sober and clean and, and just love me until I could love myself and, and shower me and cleanse me and bathe me with all of this grace. Um, God. God has to be a woman and God must have a sense of humor. There, there's a, there's a lot of people out there that are like, how in the fuck did that guy do that? And I, just yeah. think, I just think God is laughing. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It was, it, I mean, it was, it was brutal and it wasn't, it uh, wasn't, uh, it wasn't fun. I mean, the first two years were absolute hell and yeah. I am, I am, I'm going to say it was very painful to get through those first few years. Uh, there was a lot of acting out. There was a lot of, um, they say it down here where if you take a degenerate horse thief and you get them sober, what do you have? And the answer hmm. is a degenerate horse thief. I mean, in, in other words, I still was out like <laughs> chasing newcomer girls and I still was out slandering everyone and gossiping about everyone and put, you know mm. talking shit about everyone because I was yeah. in so much pain I was in yes. so much pain and I was so jealous because it seemed like and you and I both know it's not true mm. but it seemed like everyone lived in a million dollar house everyone drove a Range Rover everyone had a hot girlfriend or boyfriend and my life fucking sucked so why should I be sober like that was what yes. my, that was what my head told me you know? Oh my, no, absolutely. I feel the exact same way. And especially in meetings in LA. Yeah. Cause everyone's beautiful and everyone's famous yes. and everyone's rich. I mean, I remember, did, did you ever go, um, did you ever go to the one in, in Beverly Hills? The, like the famous one? I'm not supposed to mention the Roxbury one. <laughs> you mentioned it. Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't care. You, you live in Canada. <laughs> I would, I would get, they would yell at me. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I remember going there. And like, you know, I'm sure it wasn't the case, but it seemed like every person that spoke or that was there was like famous and rich and hot and fit. Yeah. And, you know, you'd look out in the parking lot and every, like there was Bentleys there, there was Porsche yeah. there. And, you know, I was dying. I was like, well, you know, it, it, it's, this is never going to happen for me and I'm never going to have this. And so why, why should mm -hmm. I be sober? And I posted about this the other day on Instagram. I remember being uh, just like a couple of years in, so a lot of the really heavy lifting was done. But 
I was, I was helping, mm-hmm. a, I was sponsoring a guy and he was super successful and, you know, rich and successful and whatever. And I remember like being just in a great mood, finally kind of breaking through that, you know, you have to go through like an 18 month period where your brain is rewiring itself and you have to learn, you have to relearn again that. Going on a date is exciting. Eating a hot fudge Sunday is exciting. Taking a walk is exciting. Like, you know, because for the first 18 months, it's like, this fucking sucks and I want to smoke crack or this sucks and I want (laughs) to shoot heroin. Like your brain is, your brain is so twisted up or let me speak for myself. My brain was so, so, you know, aberrated from shooting all of that shit into my veins and smoking all Mm. of that shit that it took about 18 months for me to be able to appreciate a sunset or a sunrise again, or to appreciate yeah. a nice meal. Um, and I remember, so I just started feeling better as a couple years, uh, clean and sober. And I was helping this guy. And I, I remember telling him, we were sitting at this restaurant called Marmalade and I was like, yeah, man, and I'm going to, I want to do this and I want to do that. And you know, I want to, I want to be successful like you. I want to like have money and be successful. And this guy mm. looked at me in all seriousness and he goes, it, it's too late. And I'm like, what? what? And he goes, wait, yeah. you're almost 40 years old. It's too late. Oh. And I just fucking died on the inside. I, I just, he didn't do it intentionally, yeah. but it, it sucked the life out of me. I, right. I, was, I, I was staying in his guest house, because I still, two years in, I still didn't have my own place. I was right. staying in his guest house because he was remodeling a big house here in Malibu, and he had this guest house. It didn't have electricity, but it had running water. And, mm-hmm. you know, during the day, it had an ocean view, so I was super stoked just to have a roof over my head. But I went yeah. back, and I lit my little candle, and I, you know, kicked my think and grow rich across the room and I like, you know, like <laughs> sat down on my blow up air mattress and I fucking cried myself to sleep. I'm like, it's too late. It's too late. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, th- I think I was 35, 30, no, 36. I was 36 at that time. And like, fuck, you know, I'm fucked. My life sucks. I'm never going to have anything. And, yeah. um, that's how it was in the beginning. And, and remember I'm working at two rehabs at this yeah. time. I'm working at the Canyon and the uh, Malibu Ranch. I'm walking dogs on the side, washing dogs on the side, washing cars on the side and cleaning apartments. So damn, you're hustling. I I had to, I had to hustle because no one, there there was no, you know, my family doesn't have any dough. I mean, my mom was living Mm -hmm. below the level of poverty at that time. And, um, and which leads me to my next, you know, my, my next clue for anyone who is, searching as to how did this fucking moron that can't spell and can't type and doesn't even have a high school diploma how did he become rich and successful um Mm. at that time right at that time my mom got sick my mom got cancer and she was 67 years old and my mother's always been very frail and Mm. and broke i mean my mother just can't you put money in her hand and it falls right through i mean she just okay she had that poverty mentality Anyway, she was broke and she got cancer and I didn't have the money to help her and I didn't have the money to even go back and visit. And, Mm. um, and that was the, that was the paradigm shift for me. That was the moment where everything shifted and everything changed. Some people get sick Mm. themselves or some people lose a loved one or some people's best friend overdoses and dies. But there's typically a moment in most people with long-term 
recovery, there's typically a moment where an event happens that is either going to break you or make you. Right. Yeah. And that moment when I realized what a piece of shit I was and what a failure I was and what a mess I had made of my life because I wanted to get high all the time. And, and look, mm -hmm. we could go on a mining expedition and talk about the incest that I had to suffer through and the violence that I had to suffer through as a child and all of the horrific things that happened to me. At the end of the mm -hmm. day, I didn't get high because someone touched my naughty spot. I didn't get high because someone held me down and did things to me. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. Against my will, I didn't get high because my father was a violent fucking monster. I got high because it felt great and because mm. I'm selfish. That's why I got high. It has nothing to do with all that shit. We all okay. have these sad stories of, I was abandoned and I was molested and I was all of that and above. That's not why I got right. high. I got high because it felt great and I'm fucking selfish. And my mm. feeling great is more important than your feelings and my mother's feelings and society's feelings. And I'm going to do whatever I have to do in order to feel great. And that is just the sad mm -hmm. truth. And if, and if we want empirical evidence of that, because it's not conjecture, um, I've met a multitude of people in my life that have suffered far worse than me as a child. Mm -hmm. They never got high. Some of them never even took right. a drop of alcohol. And if we really, really want the ultimate example, let's look at Oprah. Mm. She was raped by her own uncle. She was beaten. She was born black in a time when being born black was really, truly a mark against you. She was yes. poor. She struggled with her weight. She, in, in other words, Oprah had everything against her, got pregnant as, at 13 or 14, raped by her uncle, et cetera, et cetera. She didn't go smoke crack or shoot heroin. She didn't go, you know, cheat on every person that ever tried to love her and act like a fucking monster like I did. She mm. went on to help probably, a, I don't know, a, a hundred million people. She inspired a generation of, of men and women, black and white. Right. Oprah went on to do such amazing things after going through much worse than any of us could ever imagine. So there are no excuses. Right. I, one thing, I did read an article where Oprah did have an, a, a relationship with drugs. She really? did have, yeah, she did have, and this was like before she was Oprah. Okay. Like before she uh, came into the scene. But when, I guess when in her early 20s, I want to say that she did have an addiction to drugs. I believe it was cocaine, but don't quote me on that. Oh, I love I it. I do specifically remember, but 
obviously she overcame it. Right, right. So that makes her even more of a rock star in my eyes. I hope that's true. I mean, I'm going to ask yeah. her when I see her because that's like one of my little dreams is to, I want to make Oprah a smoothie. So uh, yeah. I, I hope it's the case. I hope she, she yeah. you know, that, that, that to me makes her even a, a, a better human being and more of a rock star. It, it just, and you know, the, the point is mm-hmm. we drink and we get high and we cheat and we do all these things because it's about me, 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 me. It's about self-pity. Right. And it's, and it's about the inability to grow up, take responsibility for our lives, and form true partnerships with other humans. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com ASGG beings that's just that's just mm. the way it goes i mean it sucks sometimes yeah you know, sometimes i'm sometimes <laughs> i'm really really hurting right now is one of them yeah. i am i'm going through a major major crisis in 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 business and I, you know mm. i'm gonna bore people with the details but um i wanted to start a little mom and pop juice bar because yeah. i selfishly wanted to go to a place where everything was 100 percent certified organic and amazing and where cool people worked and where I didn't have to like get lectured by white kids with dreadlocks and dirt under their nails that stunk like patchouli on, why aren't you a vegan, man? Like I just, <laughs> I wanted to go into a health food store without being punished. So I opened yeah. up my own. Let me judged. Yeah. Yeah. And judged. And, yeah. and I opened up my own and, and it, you know, and it was amazing. And me and my girlfriend opened it and um, it took off. It took off like wildfire. It took off mm-hmm. like, you know, like I, I, I never could have imagined. I thought I was making amazing money, um, you know, for me anyway, when I owned Riviera Recovery, um, mm-hmm. which I started on a shoestring and a prayer. That was a transitional living home that I started um, after working all those jobs and saving all that money. But, you know, I was making like 20 or 30 grand a month, um, sometimes more. And to me, that's rich. To me, that's like fucking rich. I'm from Ohio. Yeah. In, yeah. in Malibu, where I now live, that's like entry level. Like you maybe live in a trailer park here if you make yeah. thirty or forty grand a month, and I mean that <laughs> definitively. That's not yeah. like kind of sort of like if you make that kind of money, you can hopefully afford one of the trailer park homes in the Point Doom Club or in yeah. Paradise Cove. But even even Paradise Cove now, I think everything in there is a million, a million two, a million five, and up. So I'm being oh, dead yeah. serious. But for me, yeah. coming from Ohio, 
I used to live under a bridge, you know, used to work in a rehab for 10 bucks an hour, making 30, 40 grand a month was insane. And I felt rich, but yeah. I opened up the juice bar and it was awesome. But the contrast of serving people juices and making people smoothies and acai bowls and having old ladies come in and kiss me on the mouth and have little kids come running in and yelling my name and, you know, smoothie guy, smoothie, like the contrast of then going back and, and working with drug addicts and alcoholics, many of whom didn't want to be there, whose parents right. were forcing them to be there. The contrast was too stark. And, right. uh, and so I sold it for like nothing. I sold it to a guy named Jose for like pennies on the dollar. And I started you sold the rehab. Up. I sold the rehab. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I then for good or bad and you know, that 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 next book is not yet to have been written, uh, the story of Sun Life. I then mm. went and opened up a bunch more, and now there's 14 of them. And what? Yeah, there's 14. 14 yeah, in different states, even. Holy shit! Yeah, so <laughs> we'll we'll do we'll do like 17 million dollars this year in sales, and it's been wow. eight years, and I've yet to take a penny in profit. I mean, that's, that is one of the most mind boggling experiences of my life is to, I mean, look, I'm, How fucking, does that, I'm, yeah. I'm super comfortable. Um, yes. I did sell a small piece of the company a couple of years ago because I was paranoid about the economy collapsing again. And so I was able to, you know, sell a small piece of the company and buy myself a little town home that I live in. That's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. I have a nice little know, Volvo SUV. So I'm, I'm super stoked. I'm not, I'm not singing the blues by any means, right. but I live off of a, a very modest salary if the company can afford to pay me and all the money has gone into growth. And everyone right. thinks like, Oh man, the dude's charging $18 for a smoothie or whatever. Yeah. Try to make one at home for less. Yeah. I mean, our, our margins are, are at best 10%. Whoa. At best. And yeah, I, and I challenge anybody to go to Whole Foods or go to you know whatever you have in your hometown, um, mm -hmm. and, and try to make a hundred percent certified organic smoothie with the quality of ingredients that we are using. It's just not reality. I mean, the the, the real funny. A lot of times when people interview me, they're like, "Tell me about this billion dollar acai bowl that you're charging thirty five bucks for. Don't you think that's a ripoff?" <laughs> Here's the craziest <laughs> shit. It's literally the least profitable item on the menu. Right. It so, probably costs you like 32 to make it. Right. And with the labor <laughs> and the rent and everything, like, please yeah. don't get the billion dollar bowl if you come visit LA or yeah. uh, Scottsdale, Arizona or Austin, Texas. Get a peanut butter and chocolate smoothie so I can make a couple bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Help a brother out. Shit. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's an, it's an interesting journey and I'm grateful, but I definitely would be lying if I didn't think back to the days when I could just go deposit 30 K in my bank account and just go do some retail therapy and buy another watch and buy another sweatshirt. Not that that ultimately fulfilled me because, you know, anybody that's experienced any type of success will tell you mm -hmm. that after, after Maslow, I'm, I'm totally murdering that name, but what is it called? Maslow's hierarchy where you, where there's a roof over your head and you're, yeah. you know, in the town that you're in and you have transportation, you have your food. I think that's called Maslow's hierarchy. And I'm probably yeah. 
but either way, once that stuff is met, more money, more watches, more cars are definitely not going to make you happier. I mean, it right. doesn't work like that. Um, but I, I miss those days. I don't like being in a crisis right now. Um, mm. I had to fire a bunch of people on my corporate staff and lay off some people and it's scary. Um, however, yeah. I'm clean and sober and I can pick up the phone and I can call somebody. Um, I have to be a hundred percent transparent with people. I do not go to meetings. Um, okay. I haven't been to meetings in a couple of years other than, you know, if someone asks me to go, I'll go. Or if it's someone's mm -hmm. sober birthday, I'll go. But in terms of like me on my own volition going, you know, I used to go seven days a week, twice a day, no matter what, for like the first five to seven years, seven days yeah. a week, two meetings a day, no matter what. A lot of them, yes, were because I was working in recovery at that time. But even if I had a chance and I wasn't for some strange reason working, I'd still, I would go. Um Part of the reason, because I had nowhere else to go and I was a fucking loser. Part of the reason was because I was chasing after newcomer girls and trying to fill the hole inside my chest. Mm. Um, and that, that sense of emptiness and, and that overwhelming sense of impending doom. And part of it because it fucking works. It just works. I don't know how it works. Um, I have a very interesting relationship with 12 step meetings because I know they work. If my day gets bad enough today, I will get in my car yeah. and I will drive to a meeting. Okay. My days typically don't get that bad because I'm surrounded by sober people. Right. Um, I'm successful. I do yoga. I meditate. I pray. I have a great relationship with, you know, with my higher power or God forbid I use the word God. Um, <laughs> God forbid. Yeah. God forbid. Um, <laughs> So my life is pretty good, but I'm not one of those mm -hmm. like Bible beating or big book beating, uh, 12 step diehard. Like if, if you don't go to meetings, you're going to die. Like, Oh God. Yes. I, I don't, I don't subscribe to that. Um, yeah. if you don't maintain your spiritual condition, mm -hmm. you will relapse and die, but, or be a miserable fuck. Yeah. But, miserable. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, if you're new, yeah, get your ass to a meeting. Just shut the fuck up and go to a meeting. <laughs> I hate to say that, but that's what they said to me. And I hated it, but they were right and it worked. In, mm -hmm. in my first 10 years of going to meetings, I never went to a meeting and left feeling worse. I always felt better. Okay. Uh, well, that's I, saying I can't something. Say, yeah, I can't, I can't say the same anymore. Probably because my mm. head is so noisy now and I have a little bit of success. Okay. Um, I've, I've been to a few meetings where, yeah, I left feeling worse. I've also been to some meetings where I didn't know if I should open my eyes in the morning or open my wrists. And I left the mm. meeting feeling absolutely happy and whole. And, you know, what do they say? Happily and usefully whole. Yeah. I left feeling mm. happily and usefully whole. Wow. Yeah. That's a visual. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to jump back to, you said to fill that hole. Yeah. What do you what do you do now to to fill that hole and to to um I guess fill that void? Well, it's a lot easier to fill that void when you have success and your your needs are met. Um, okay, you know I do. I live in Malibu. I live in a beautiful 
townhome. I drive a beautiful car that my business takes care of. I have full mm. medical insurance, which <laughs> to you guys up mm, there medical. doesn't mean a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean a lot up there, but down here it yeah. means a lot. I lived, no, that's like I lived, living a life. <laughs> yeah, I lived I lived like 20 years without medical insurance and uh mm. and I got all the food I want. Um I have a ton of American Express points from the businesses that I own so I can mm -hmm. travel anywhere I want, I can stay anywhere I want and it doesn't cost me a penny. So it's a lot easier to meditate when you right. got dough in the bank and your life is really comfortable. It really is. It's a lot easier to pray and meditate when you're physically in great shape and healthy and mm -hmm. eating healthy foods. Um, back my early recovery when I was broke and I was smoking a pack and a half of Camel Lights a day and, you know, drinking five Coca-Cola. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. ...as a day and copious amounts of coffee and energy drinks to keep moving forward. Um, mm. It was really hard to pray back then. It was hard to fill that hole. It was hard to fill the void um because yeah. i was just I, I just was so empty and broken i mean i'm i'm with somebody now that loves me that's beautiful and amazing and mm. um i have an awesome cat <laughs> I, have, I always have fresh orchids all over the place and crystals yeah. everywhere and i take walks on the beach most mornings and do yoga and i have a couple of saunas here in my house in a, a steam room and I sound like such an LA pretentious asshole right now, but I'm, you asked me, so I'm being honest. I, no, I, I love it. I, I, there's a lot of different ways that I contend with my, my existential angst and mm. my, my emptiness and, you know, and my, my still at times lingering sense of worthlessness and insecurity. I mean, right. But working my ass off, saving my money, investing my money, um, it just makes it a lot easier. I, I know they say that yeah. money can't buy you happiness in a sense, but when I was making 10 bucks an hour and I didn't have a place to live and I was sleeping on an air mattress and driving a car with over 200,000 miles on it that smelled like hot garbage, um, <laughs> it was really, really hard. And yeah. 
those meetings were so necessary. But um, yeah, things are a lot different now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think money necessarily buys you happiness. I think it absolutely buys you freedom. Yeah. In every aspect of your life. Yes, that is very true. But, and I don't know where you live or what it's like up there, but in a town Mm -hmm. like LA or a town like New York, money absolutely positively will buy you happiness up to about two hundred and fifty to $300,000 a year. Hmm. If you're living in LA and you're making, you know, 50 grand a year trying to pay your bills and then all of a sudden someone gives you a job making $300,000 a year and your bills are paid and you have enough money and savings to last a year without a job and you can fly first class and you never have to look at the prices on a menu again, trust me, you are a lot more happier. And that extra money Mm -hmm. will absolutely buy you happiness. After that amount of money, there's Mm -hmm. zero return on investment in terms of happiness. If you go from making 300 grand a year to making a million a year, you are not going to be any happier. Um, If you go from making 300 grand a year to making 10 million a year, you're not going to be happier. And chances are your happiness might even diminish a little bit. Um, yeah, or a lot. Um, the whole, the whole like mo money mo problems, like <laughs> yes, you know, borrowed from the urban culture, rap songs, whatever. Mm-hmm. There is an element of truth to that. There is like, you know, look, I got five hundred employees now. I'm, right. I'm in the middle of a major business crisis right now. There was something right. incredibly profound and beautiful back when I was newly sober and I was living up at the top of Topanga at this dude's house. He was letting me stay there for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I didn't have anything and I didn't need anything and I didn't want anything. There was a few moments like that. Mm-hmm. Most of that early recovery was just tons of depression and anxiety and fear and all that. But I do remember a couple of moments where I was like sitting in this dude's backyard and there's like butterflies everywhere and like hummingbirds and it was completely unkept and unmanicured. He was a biker. I don't mean like a bicyclist, but like, you know, one of those dudes that you meet at a 12-step meeting that's covered in tats and drives a Harley? Yep. <laughs> that, I was staying at a dude Very like familiar. That. Yeah. Well, he was letting me stay at his place and I don't think he had a gardener, but I was in his backyard and like sitting next to this little pond and watching the butterflies land and watching the hummingbirds go, you know, to and fro. And I was like doing my little morning prayers, drinking my my morning coffee. And I had a couple of moments like that where Mm. there was such beauty and simplicity in life. I'm struggling to get back to that with all that's going on. And, and, you know, now there's moments where I'm in fucking Bora Bora and I'm diving into see-through water and looking at this amazing over-the-water hut that I get to stay in because I, I worked hard and got sober. Um, so there's different, you know, there's different kinds of enjoyment and stuff like that, but money will buy you happiness up to a certain point. And then beyond that, you can, you can't really buy more. Um, if you're, but if you're broke and you're working for minimum wage and someone tells you that money can't buy you happiness, they're not being honest with you because it, it can, and it will. And I would encourage anybody just to work really, really hard and save your money and invest your money. Yeah. What well, now being on the other side, you know, of the coin, what would be your definition of rich? 
like not necessarily monetarily wise, but what makes you feel rich inside? I mean, my stuff is my stuff. I don't, it might be silly to other people. I mean, the most important thing for me was taking care of my mom, going back to mm. Ohio and buying my mom a house and spoiling the shit out of her. That's the, oh, I that's love the, that. That's, well, that's, that's it. I mean, for me, that's yeah. rich. That's everything. For me, that's manhood. For me, that's taking yeah. care of everything. Beyond that, being able to, being able to look at my girlfriend and say, I'm going to take care of everything and you don't have to work. If you want to work, go work and go have an amazing career and do whatever you want. But if you don't want to, I will pay for everything. That to okay. me is one of the coolest fucking things ever. And to be able to back it up as well. I mean, I, I fantasized right. about shit like that when I was a little kid. And I'm not yeah. in any way trying to imply that women shouldn't work because women should go do whatever the fuck they want. Women should run the world. Women are sacred. Women are yeah. fucking, women are gods. And, and, and men are little fucking rats scurrying around at their feet. Somehow men have convinced women that it's the opposite and it's such bullshit. Women should stop fighting for equality and just recognize their superiority. Because that's, okay. that's reality. That is, women are fucking gods. Women, I mean, you guys create life or you guys have the ability. How about that? You guys mm -hmm. have the ability to create life within yourself. Are you fucking True. kidding me? You're gods. <laughs> That's what God does. God creates life. You are gods. Men, what? We build buildings and write songs and fight wars. And you know why we do all that shit? It's to be near you guys. It's to get your love. It's to get your approval. It's to get your acceptance. Somehow mm. that message got translated wrong somehow men with their fucking evilness and their violence have convinced you guys otherwise you guys don't have to fight for equality you are superior you are the gods walking this earth we are the fucking little rodents crawling around at your feet desperately trying to be near you know that and walk with that walk with that knowledge and you won't have to fight for anything I am not going to disagree with you. I love that. And thank you so much it's, for saying it's that. The truth. It's the truth. I challenge anybody to, to, to argue that point with me. It's reality. Will, will, you know, will science someday give men the ability to create life within themselves? I don't fucking know and I don't care. That's not how we were born. <laughs> how we were born is we chop yeah. wood and carry water and women are gods. So <laughs> done. <laughs> Period. End of story. <laughs> Fine by me. <laughs> so yeah. That so taking so care cute. of my mom, taking care of my mom is is rich. That's rich to me. Um, mm -hmm. Being able to spoil the shit out of my girlfriend is rich to me. Um, mm -hmm. And then like some weird stuff that I don't really mention. Um, okay. Not having to ever use an alarm clock. That oh. feels super rich to me. Yeah. Um, I fucking hate alarm clocks. And just yes. the fact that like hearing one go off and then having that rush of cortisol hit my bloodstream oh, and start to keep me alive. I fucking hate alarm clocks. Um, yep. Yeah, not, not having to look at prices on menus 
um, not having to budget to, to, you know, to a certain extent. Um, mm-hmm. I love the fucking miles, the, the frequent flyer miles and the credit card miles. I think that's one of the most underrated things about being rich. Um, my girlfriend and I just went to Cabo San Lucas and we stayed at the Nobu hotel and the Ooh, entire nice. trip was paid for with American express points. The whole thing, everything. Uh, like, it was a cool, I didn't even know that was possible. Like I knew you could get airline tickets. I didn't, I didn't know, know that either. You, could get, you can get anything with those points. You can even wow. use them on PayPal. So, I mean. That, yeah, that felt really, really rich to me. I had never done that before. I've been on a bunch of really, really, really expensive vacations that my rich friends have taken me on. And all that stuff. Yeah, your Instagram is like quite uh, impressive. It's like a brochure for fancy vacations. I love it. Yeah, my Instagram is insane. And it's (laughs) it's very, very shallow, very pretentious and very glossy. And it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And that's not my real life most of the time. Most of, you know, my life in real life, I work for a cat. I have a, a, you know, an 11 pound Cornish Rex named Krishna with two different colored eyes. And I work for her. I get up every morning. I clean out her litter box. I brush her. I bathe her every two weeks. I buy her gifts. I feed her. I chase after her. Like my cat is my boss. And then my girlfriend, uh, <laughs> pretty much everything I do, I do for her um, because I want her to be comfortable and I want her to be happy. And she has her own career. She does her own thing. She has her own money. She's not dependent mm-hmm. on me whatsoever, but that's not going to stop me from spoiling the shit out of her. Um, mm. That's uh, so nice. It's so cute. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it, it sucks that it took me this this long or this late in life to mm-hmm. to wake up to the fact that women are sacred. And I'm just going to keep repeating that line: women are sacred, mm-hmm. um, because I want women to remember that. I want anyone who's struggling with addiction or alcoholism or any type of addiction to know that they can change, and they can change in such a profound way that within a short period of time they won't even recognize themselves. And I want women yes. to remember that they're sacred. Those are those are my two messages. Well, that is a great takeaway and a perfect segue to end this amazing conversation. Khalil, thank, thank you, you so much for your insight, your knowledge and experiences. It's been absolutely amazing talking to you. Amazing talking to you and call me anytime. You have my number, DM me. Um, if you're going to be in LA, definitely hit me up. Cause I want to treat you to some smoothies and juices. And did I get to do that? Did I get That's to so treat nice. you to, to some smoothies? Um, or you no. guys went on your own. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to treat you next time. So next time you're down here okay. with your friends, cause they were so sweet. Next time you're down here, um, please hit me up and. Yeah, for anybody out there listening, if you want to suffer through my my shallow, pretentious uh, lifestyle on Instagram, it's at Khalil Rafati. Uh, it's just my Perfect. first and last name, at Khalil Rafati. Um, if you're in LA or Austin, Texas or Scottsdale, Arizona, and soon to be other states, please, please, please come by Sun Life Organics. It's Sun Life, like life in the sun, organics. And also, if you could do me a huge favor and follow us at Sun Life Organics, it's not that great. It's a lot of pictures of acai bowls and smoothies, but I would just really appreciate the support. Um, my book is I Forgot to Die, 
It's available on Amazon, Kindle, and Audible. I Forgot to Die. Yes. Um, my next book is coming out in a couple months. It is? Re- oh, yeah. Remembering oh to Live. God. Yeah. <laughs> Remembering to Live, Lessons I Learned Crawling Out of Hell. Oh, my God. I love it. I so love please, the please, title please. of your books. Thank you. Please, please, please follow me and stay in touch with me. And um, God, God bless everybody. And I wish all of you not just a happy new year, not just a happy new decade, but I wish every one of you uh, all the best that life has to offer because you deserve it. And if you're a woman, you're sacred and don't forget it. Hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Thank you so, so much. Ladies, you heard it straight from the horse's mouth. We are sacred and we are goddesses. And don't you forget it. And thanks, Khalil, for reminding us. (laughs) As always, thank you guys so much for listening. I couldn't do this without you. And you know what? I would really, really love it if you could write a review, subscribe, give us a share, let me know what you think of the podcast. Feedback is so important. And of course, this is a numbers game. So let's get those numbers up so we can help more people. The more people we help, the better off we all are. Wouldn't you agree? Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at A Sober Girl's Guide and the blog. Don't sleep on the blog. We have a lot of how-tos, tips, and tricks. And this week we have had some amazing stories from two very influential celebrities and women in our community, Kelly Ripa and Jessica Simpson, are joining our crew of sober girls. Yay! Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great day.